to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Number of stories to get to, uh, one, two, three, four, five. So there are about six here that I want to hit right from the beginning. And then I've got some peak propaganda audio to play for you uh, at our f- propaganda friends from YouTube. Again, propping up children and using them for this horrific agenda, of course, that's been rolling out here regarding the jabs. Uh, This first story, however, again, a bit of a, you know, some good news here is is awful as all of this is occurring with our military, but this comes from Becker News, and it was tossed my way from JT, and it says, the Navy SEALs are now taking the fight to America's leaders over their right to decide whether or not they must take the mRNA shots being marked as COVID vaccines. Now they have achieved a stunning legal victory, the first Liberty Institute announced, quote, the United States District Court for the Northern District of Texas today issued a preliminary injunction stopping the Department of Defense from pushing military service members who have religious objections to the vaccine mandate, the nonprofit group said in its announcement. Says, quote, First Liberty Institute filed a federal lawsuit and motion for preliminary injunction on behalf of dozens of U.S. Navy SEALs and other naval special warfare personnel against the Biden administration and the Department of Defense for their refusal to grant religious accommodations for the COVID 19 vaccine mandate. Forcing a service member to choose between their faith and serving their country is abhorrent to the Constitution. And America's values, said Mike Berry, general counsel for First Liberty Institute, pushing seals for simply punishing seals rather for simply asking for religious accommodation is purely vindictive and punitive. We're pleased that the court has acted to protect our brave warriors before more damage is done to our national security. I completely agree. Um, again, an excellent legal victory here. I hope this continues to work and stretch across numerous uh, divisions of the military. Time will tell on that. Hasn't been successful uh, w- with other branches apparently, but um, apparently, again, it's it's worked here, which is which is a good thing. This next one comes from Big League Politics. Texas Attorney General wins injunction against Biden mask vaccine mandates in schools. Again, this is a good thing. I would love to, again, see something like this continuously be cut and pasted, copied, and tossed a number of different places. Even here in Ohio, uh, we have, I believe his name is Jim Renacy. He's running a, uh, either against or in place of the current governor, Mike DeWine, and he knows full well, and he's using the right lingo. Of course, these politicians, you can never tell, but he's using, he's using the right language by calling it child abuse. Finally, he's calling the mask-wearing child abuse, and that uh, these mandates, although not laws, of course, have been highly encouraged by Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, and of course, he's a blackmailed monster, which is why he's doing what he's doing. But from big league politics, again, regarding the Texas win from their attorney general, it says a school district in Texas and the state's attorney general have won a federal lawsuit against the Biden administration vaccine mandate, winning an injunction on vaccine and mask mandates with a federal education program in state schools. The injunction applied to a school program funded by the federal government, which had sought to mandate masks and vaccines as a condition of enrollment in Texas schools. Attorney General Ken Paxton suggested that other state attorney generals 
will follow in his footsteps following the victory, stepping up the challenge, stepping up to challenge rather vaccine mandates forced upon local school districts. Agreed. And I'll play this audio from Fox News. I'm sorry it's Fox News, but it's a decent audio clip, so here we go. Administration dealt another major blow in their push for vaccine requirements as a Texas judge rules against vaccine and mass mandates for schools Head Start programs. Our next guest sued the administration over these mandates and calls it a win for the children of Texas. Texas Attorney General Jen pa- uh, Ken Paxton joins us right now. Happy New Year, uh, uh, Attorney General, and tell me more about what your uh, office has done um, to put an end to these mandates. So happy new year to you and your listeners. We've been fighting this ever since Biden issued these mandates. We've fought on different fronts from employers over a hundred to medical workers, to federal contractors, and now to children. The idea here is the federal government just can't make up laws without Congress passing them, that the Biden administration has to follow the law. They have to follow the Constitution. They're implementers of the law. They can't just make it up. And in this case, they're forcing American workers to decide between their health and their job, and they just can't do it. It's just wrong. So these mandates that you're fighting specifically were saying that children had to be masked in the Head Start program Mm -hmm. and those who worked with them, the volunteers and the teachers, had to be vaccinated. Is that correct? Yeah. So the court and the court came down, said that the the. They could not do this. The the agency that was implementing this didn't have the authority to tell parents uh, that their their children were going to be masked. That's a parental decision. And they did not have the authority to force workers, staff members, to get the vaccine, vaccine. That's up to the individual to make the decision about their health. Absolutely. And there have been no long-term studies on these vaccines. And so it seems odd that you could force someone to participate in essentially a vaccine experiment um, or research without um, them wanting to be involved. Uh, Let me ask you this. I know you're in contact with so many other attorney generals across the nation. Do you see that other attorney generals are going to follow um, in your footsteps now that they see that you've had success with this? Yeah, and actually they already have. There's a there's another lawsuit filed with 20 other states that I'm very excited about. I think will be successful uh, because it's so obvious that the law does not allow for this, that, that, that these agencies that are implementing this don't have the authority to do it. And this is the way our Constitution works. This is up to Congress. If they want to mandate it, I'm not even sure they can. But at the very least, we know right. that an agency cannot do this. Absolutely. I mean, let's just put the law aside for just a second. I mean, let's just talk about the science. I mean, the vaccines, as we see with Omicron, are not protecting or or, or stopping the spread of COVID um, in people who are vaccinated. So why would the federal government continue wanting to do this? It makes no sense. I I just can imagine if I was an employee um, who didn't want to take the vaccine and I was forced to take it and then I got COVID, um, I would be pretty upset. Yeah, look, push it. You can push the law aside here. We're not going to do that. But the reality is, there is no, the science doesn't back up what they're doing. I don't understand why the Biden administration is pushing forward with something that, that imposes so much on, on people and forces them to make really difficult decisions about their health and looking at, the, at what's actually happened and, and realizing, hey, this may not work for me. And then having to decide, well, I'm going to lose my job if I want to protect my health. That makes no sense. It's not fair to people. They should have that decision made by themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, the irony here is thick. It's just so thick. 
school school issue aside for just a minute, let's examine Fox News, shall we? This is going to be fun. You have Rachel Campos Duffy on Fox and Friends. I assume it's the weekend edition, probably from Sunday, I believe. So here she is talking about, again, employers forcing the jab. Of course, the conversation is really around schools, but she even brings it up. Say, for example, I don't want to, you know, my employer pushes it and I don't want it. I have legal rights in XYZ. She's bringing this up as an employee of Fox News who has been public in stating that their employees have to be jabbed. You also have other co-hosts during the week on Fox News and in particular Fox and Friends. A few stick out to my, you know, a few stick out to me, but they themselves have been promoting the jabs. Just get it, you'll feel better, I believe, is what Ainsley Earhart said. Again, the walls are closing in even on the minds of the people who work in these businesses. Even they are being squeezed with these stories of truth continuously coming out because here they were, again, advocating for the jabs, participating in the panic associated with uh, just the mass hysteria that was existing across the country with the weak-minded individuals. You know, Dr. Oz, oh God, Dr. Oz, what do we do? What am I supposed to do with my family? Just having these guests on on a day-in and day-out basis, and now the constant rollout of the truth and watching these countries fight back against their own police and their own military and their own governments, and people walking away from their jobs not wanting to take the jabs, and yet you have these individuals working within these alleged honest news outlets like Fox News always claims to be. Uh, what was their stupid slogan back in the day? Um, fair and balanced. There it is. Fair and balanced. We're fair and balanced. Uh, the truth, blah, 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 fair and balanced. It, it, it's got to be making them remarkably uncomfortable to have to read these stories. Now, I assume Rachel Campos Duffy, of course, isn't jabbed, will never get jabbed, and actually knows what's going on. But think of all the other hosts of these programs who claim to be jabbed might actually be and are, again, consistently just reading these stories out to the public where it's just making them look like they've got egg all over their faces. And just one huge bite of humble pie after another, and just the crow that's being served to them. It's astounding to me. I find it highly entertaining. And again, th there's just no fixing these people. There's absolutely no fixing them whatsoever. Now, unfortunately, also, it was just reported the other day that the Pfizer booster is being pushed now, or at least it has emergency use authorization for 12 to 17-year-olds. We're going to have to have some eyes on this one, because again, you're going to have parents lining up their brainwashed children as they themselves as parents are brainwashed to get a third jab in what is probably less than six months. Because uh, again, I believe the if memory serves me correctly, the 12 to 17-year-old rollout was just, again, this past, you know, t toward the end of summer, beginning of the school year. Uh, and now already, there's a third jab 
that's apparently available for that age group. This isn't this isn't going to end well, and it's not going well as it turns out, which again leads me to this next particular story. This comes from RT, and it's titled, Bizarre Neurological Illness Plagues Young Canadians. Otherwise, healthy young adults in New Brunswick are falling ill with crippling symptoms. I can't imagine what it's uh, what it's related to. It says, quote, dozens of young people with no pre-existing conditions are developing symptoms of a new disease as activists and families suspect a cover-up on the part of local government. A whistleblower with, oh, no way here, Vitalite, Vitalite Health Network in New Brunswick, my apologies for getting that wrong, uh, told The Guardian on Sunday that symptoms include hallucinations, difficulty thinking, limited mobility, insomnia, and rapid weight loss. Local government has reportedly struggled to dismiss the growing number of cases as Alzheimer's or other neurological diseases uncommon outside the elderly. While the official number of cases recorded since the mystery illness was first publicly acknowledged in early spring has not budged upward from 48, Multiple sources told The Guardian that as many as 150 people have contracted the fast-moving illness. Still more young people require assessment, and several have died. Quote, I'm truly concerned about these cases because they seem to evolve so fast. The source told the outlet, acknowledging that, quote, we owe them some kind of explanation. Now, not to revisit a... uh, in a topic that I've brought up in the past before, in the past before, redundant, I know, Um, the business of 5G and the 5G rollout. Canada was massive when it came to the rollout of 5G. And I wanted to read the title of this book that I got for Christmas that I am reading, and it is intense, absolutely intense. And there will come times probably throughout the course of this uh, these next few months as I'm plowing through this giant book. But the author's name is Alana Freeland, and I've read one of her previous books titled Under an Ionized Sky. And again, it has to do with the poisoning of the air and a bit of the 5G rollout and uh, the chemical trails that are sprayed on us in XYZ. But this particular book, her most recent, is titled Geoengineered Transhumanism. How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetism, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. Um, It's frightening. It's an absolutely frightening read. And uh, it's very thorough, as one would hope to expect. Uh, The appendices alone are well over 100 pages, if I'm not mistaken. And the book is at least, yeah, it's 600 some odd pages. It's, It's a big one. And again, she's a very thorough author with endless references. But this again just reeks of a 5G rollout here. It's like radiation sickness. Think of it like that. You basically have all of the symptoms associated with radiation sickness. The headaches, uh, you know, the nausea, the fatigue, you know, things of that nature. Um, But I want to continue with this article here, and again, like I said, there will be moments when I read out of this book because, again, it's it's too intense to uh, it's too intense to ignore. And again, that's putting it mildly. But this article continues, and it says, "quote One of the more disturbing elements of this condition is how little is known regarding transmission." 
In at least nine cases, caretakers and others in close contact with sick individuals have developed similar symptoms to the, to the ailing party, suggesting the illness not only spreads readily between unrelated individuals, but that there may be environmental factors involved. It continues, and it says, The province has struggled to keep the cases under wraps. The case cluster only became public last year when a memo was leaked to the media, and the government had insisted the cluster itself is merely the result of misdiagnosis, grouping unrelated illnesses together. It says, Officials declared in October that eight fatal cases were due to, quote, known and unrelated pathogens, pathologies, rather. Uh, than a shared and unknown illness. An epidemiological report released in October supposedly ruled out any food, behavioral, or environmental exposure that, it could, that could explain the problem. It says, how, however, another public health scientist who sought to remain anonymous suggested the government was covering something up. Quote, the fact that we have a younger spectrum of patients here argues very strongly against what appears to be the preferred position of the government of New Brunswick that the cases in this cluster are being mistakenly lumped together. It then says Tim Beatty, whose father, Lori, died with similar symptoms only to be posthumously declared an Alzheimer's case, is attempting to have his father's remains tested for neurotoxins, including BMAA, a suspected trigger for the illness. The local economy relies heavily on lobster fishing, and the chemical can be found in high concentrations in lobster according to a study by The Guardian. Beatty and other families who've lost loved ones to the mysterious illness have speculated that the government's refusal to acknowledge the possible existence of the disease cluster in the region could be politically or economically motivated. It wraps up by saying, quote, If a group of people wanted to breed conspiracy theories, then our government has done a wonderful job at promoting it, Beatty told The Guardian. Quote, Are they just trying to create a narrative for the public that they hope will absorb and walk away from, I just don't understand it, unquote. Again, all of this is just very, very bizarre. Of course, the, the, the jabs are doing, you know, their intended purpose, and we, and we know what that is. But you combine that, again, with any 5G rollout or any, any other purposeful, you know, non-natural environmental cause it's um i have no doubt here that it's all connected it it certainly has to be and again the geoengineered transhumanism book clearly lays it out that all of this is coordinated all of this has been written about at length in the past and alana freeland also in this book highlights endless quotes from countless individuals dating back endless decades that all of this again is a part of this just horrific plan that continues to roll out here but it certainly doesn't seem to be discriminating regarding age. It doesn't seem to care what the age of the person is, regardless of, again, who's becoming infected here. Which leads me to this next story, and this was just from a couple of days ago as well. It's titled, uh, this comes from, first of all, the centersquare.com in Indiana. It says, Indiana Life Insurance CEO says that deaths are up 40% among people aged 18 to 64 said the head of the Indianapolis-based insurance company One America said that the death rate is up a stunning 40% from pre-pandemic levels among working-aged people. Quote, We are seeing right now the highest death rates we have seen in the history of the business. 
Not just at One America, the company's CEO, Scott Davidson, said during an online news conference this week. The data is consistent across every player in that business. One America is a $100 billion insurance company, and it has its headquarters in Indianapolis since 1877. The company has approximately 2,400 employees and sells life insurance, including group life insurance, to employers in the state. Davidson said the increase in deaths represents huge, huge numbers, and that it's not only elderly people who are dying, but primarily working-age people 18 to 64 who are the employees of companies that have group life insurance plans through One America. It wraps up by saying this. He said, quote, and what we saw just in third quarter, we're seeing it continue into fourth quarter, is that death rates are up 40% over what they were pre-pandemic, he said. And then he said, quote, just to give you an idea of how bad it is, a three sigma or a one in one or a one in 200 year catastrophe would be 10% increase over pre-pandemic, he said. So 40% is just unheard of. Again, you know, much like What's been stated on on numerous platforms, I'm sure, in particular last year regarding the jabbed athletes falling over and how it would be inevitable that individuals would see this with their own eyes. The numbers within businesses like the insurance businesses can, can cannot be uh, avoided. They just can't. They are unavoidable. In particular, again, the people keeping the books and, and paying attention to the money and the checks that are being written for life insurance policies and XYZ. These individuals, these treasurers, these accountants have to be able to see this crystal clear. And as he said, Davidson said, regarding not just one American insurance here, but it's across the board. It's across all insurance companies. So... That would be an interesting question for anybody out there who has family members who sell life insurance. Uh, Again, whether they're jabbed or unjabbed, ask them if they're seeing an increase in life insurance policies paying out as a result of an increase in the death toll. Again, if, if this particular CEO is saying it's the highest it's ever been, there's no reason to doubt what he's saying. Uh, This next story, however, again, we're leaning now more toward youth. And I'm going to play this audio here right after I I read this. But this, again, comes from articles.mercola.com and Dr. Joseph Mercola, one of his more recent articles here. And it's titled, Pfizer Says It Needs to Study a Third Dose for Toddlers. Again, this is really just getting more and more horrific. And I'm sorry for for just the bad news here, but... I mean, my God, it's it's so predictable, the, the stages of play that they're making here. They rolled it out with adults, and then they said, well, we got to get teenagers, and now we got to get toddlers. Now they're doing it with boosters. Well, the, these, these booster shots, again, are a third or fourth dose of the exact same poison that's been rolled out for adults, and now, of course, they've done it for teenagers. So now, again, just within the last day, we have emergency use again for 12 to 17-year-olds. Now they're wanting toddlers again. So everybody between the ages of two and five. Um, And then, of course, they're going to go to infants. And I think that the fight, too, is going to continue regarding any prenatal vitamins, minerals, drugs, shots that are given to expecting mothers. I mean, fortunately, we do have 
a number of doctors out there that do know what's going on, and they're highly suggesting that mothers never receive these these shots because, again, they are directly related to stillbirth, deformity, uh, rashes on 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 the child, premature birth, and infant death. All of that, of course, is is beyond provable. The sad part, of course, is that we also have on top of that. That was bad enough, but on top of that. You have endless doctors saying, oh, yes, it's, it's, you know, babies get COVID and it's, it's the best thing to prevent against COVID and you don't want your baby with COVID. I mean, some doctors just can't be fixed. They're just too broken. Um, but the story at a glance here in the Mercola article reads as following. It says, quote, Pfizer announced their experiments on children six months and older were unsuccessful in two to five-year-olds as they didn't produce an immune response, leading to a recommendation for a third shot and delaying the emergency use authorization for the youngest citizens. It says, although the experiments produced a strong response in children 6 months to 24 months and 5 to 12 years, the company announced they were evaluating increasing these doses as well. That won't end well. Um, the last couple of points, it says the study is listed as a phase one, two, and three model evaluating the safety, dose, and efficacy simultaneously, a, a strategy seldom if ever used. Data collected and analysis will be completed in one year on a population with little risk of the illness. Again, we are the experiment. The, the, the human child is the experiment, which is the real abomination in this entire thing. Adults as well, of course, but my God. And again, it, it boils down to that old thing that I said in the past. When you're driving down the road and you're listening to the radio and you hear that commercial come on saying, would you like to participate in a study about weight loss or a study about, uh, you know, quitting smoking? Come to this, you know, give this phone number a call and we will compensate you for your time and we'll inject you with God knows what and then you can go back to work and we'll even pay you for any time lost, uh, you know, from your working environment and blah, blah, blah. Most people don't participate in those, but that's exactly what this is. I mean, that, that's what this is. It's a mass human population experiment. And it's not going well, by the way. The results are uh, are beyond horrific. The VAERS numbers came out um, just recently, and there were over 22,000 deaths just in VAERS alone. Now, we know, of course, that that is a lowball number, that it's only probably 1% of the total number, which would indicate that over 2 million people uh, have died alone just using, if, if again, VAERS which we know is only one reporting system. If even that number can be trusted, it's at the very least over 2 million dead. So, yeah, that's happening. Uh, let's see. The final point says this, quote, Despite the readily available and public data, some continue to call for a, for a shot for children for the sake of herd immunity. Yet according to a recent engineering analysis, more people have died from the shot in less time than from the disease. Of course they have. All right then. Um, okay. If all of that didn't grind your gears, I assure you this will. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up because this is going to be uh, 3 minutes and 21 seconds of horror. I absolutely hate this. Th this is the... 
This is Matthew 18 in a nutshell. Um, using children to propagandize your, your kill shot is an abomination above all else. And um, leave it to the White House to throw this on their YouTube channel. This is titled Kids and Vaccines. Now, this dates back a month ago, and I'm just now coming across this. So my apologies for my tardiness on this particular issue. But of course, we've, we've covered this at length in the past, but not this particular video. Uh, this comes again from the White House's YouTube channel, which for some reason has 1.9 million subscribers. Way less, I think, than previous White House YouTube channels, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, YouTube has hidden the, uh, the dislikes number, which we know is massive if they were to actually show it, as it only, ha only has uh, 780 thumbs-ups. And it's titled, let's see, Dr. Lee Savio Beers, president of the American Academy of Pediatrics, answers questions about the COVID-19 vaccine for kids in a conversation with a few of America's youngest el eligible vaccine recipients. The first two who are sitting at the table with this doctor-slash-monster, all of which are wearing a mask, by the way, are two young black Americans, females. Uh, absolutely horrible. I, can, the, I mean, the irony and the history associated with all of this is astounding. Why any American, let alone a black American, would allow a mask on their face should prove to everybody that history is not being taught at all in any American school whatsoever. I mean, again, the irony is palpable here. People are not reading. That's, the, <laughs> that's what's going on here. We have a massive literacy and comprehension problem. Um, I'm going to get right into this, and I'm just going to play it. The first question that these girls were... Told to ask, with a gun to their head, I'm sure, is, is there peanuts in it? So we also have a grammar problem, but that's neither here nor there. So buckle up. I hope you're sitting down. Um, get a stick to bite on or a, or a towel to bite on as you're listening to this. So here we go. Is there peanuts in it? No, there are no peanuts in the vaccine. Is there fish in it? There are not fish in it. Is it like lint in it? No, there is not lint in it either. You're good. My name is Lee Savio Beers. I'm a pediatrician and the president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And I'm going to be joined today by some kids who have questions about the COVID-19 vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. So then, do you know about the, the COVID-19 vaccine? I know it's something that helps your body develop antibodies that can fight different kinds of viruses. You know a lot about it. I'm impressed. Yeah, that's great. Are you going to grow up and be a scientist? Maybe. Yeah, you do a great job at it. So I just don't understand. How did we first think of having a vaccine for COVID? That's a really good question. You know, you have gotten vaccines against a lot of other illnesses too. Did you know that? Yeah, I only remember the flu shot. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the other ones you got when you were a baby. And so when we learned about COVID and we knew how serious it was, we thought, well, gosh, you know, vaccines are the best way to keep people from getting infections. So what 
if we could have a vaccine against COVID, then everybody could could be much, much safer. And then we had some really, really smart scientists who had been working on this kind of thing for a long time. And they said, oh, I think we can do this. And they did it. And now they have. Now we have it. Is it safer to pull up my friends if I'm vaccinated? Oh, you know what? It is. And it's so important to play with your friends, right? Your parents and your teachers have been doing lots of things to keep you guys safe. And this will make it a little bit safer. I'm excited to play with my friend Dorothy and my other friends at school because they said when we all get vaccinated, we can have a play date. I think I want to go on vacation. Go <laughs> on vacation, me too. Anywhere special you want to go on vacation? Back to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It's going to be fun to be doing all those fun things again, isn't it? Why did grown-ups get it first, and how did they get it first? So the reason is, is that whenever we have any vaccines or medicines, too, we want to make sure first that it works in adults. And then once we know it's safe in adults, then we feel a little more comfortable knowing that it's going to be safe in kids. Why do we get the vaccine in a shot instead of drinking it? You know, part of the reason that we get the vaccine in a shot instead of drinking it is because all those little things in our body that, that, that are like our coach, they're in the part of our body that we get through actually through our muscle as opposed to through our mouth and through drinking it. Cool. What do you think about getting the COVID vaccine? Um, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm excited. And you're excited. I was a little nervous and a little excited when I got my first one too. And I'm, I'm really glad I got it. Have you gotten your first dose yet? Are you gonna? Are you gonna get it soon? Right. I'm getting mine on the fifteenth. My mom got her booster shot. She did. Oh, me too. Me too. We're all doing our part to stay healthy. Great. Cut. Cut. So good. good job. Was it fun? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. You know what's gonna be fun? Here's what's gonna be fun. What's gonna be fun is watching. Dr. Lee Savio Beers, the president of the American Association for Pediatrics, hang by the neck until dead. That's going to be fun. I feel terrible for these children, and I am flaming mad, and I know my audience, and I love each and every one of you. So I'm certain that as you were listening to this, this happened with most of you. You probably put your hand on your face or on your head at some point. In, in complete and utter disbelief and disappointment and anger and rage. I'm certain that you did. Common response, I did the exact same thing. It doesn't matter how many times I listen to that clip. I do the exact same thing. They even had the stones at the end of the thing to say, cut. Wasn't that fun? I mean, they could... I'm rubbing my head now. I, uh, I, I just... I got, uh, it, it makes me so mad and so angry. Again, my mom got my booster. Well, your mom's going to die. And now, the two of you, if you get it, just to go on a play date or a vacation, are going to be sterilized and end up with myocarditis, most likely, if not soft tissue cancer and a plethora of other health issues. These individuals who are claiming to be medical experts uh, the rope cannot come fast enough for them. It just can't. And all this talk about Nuremberg 2.0, this, that, or the other, I'm still waiting for that. When are these people going to be arrested? 
When are these people going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for pushing something for which it's beyond evident is killing people, that they have no business taking it? That's why this is the largest war that has ever taken place in the history of man. It's the largest war because we're talking again about a psychological war, the likes of which, again, we've never seen on a grand scale. It is a worldwide scale. We're talking about a physical war that's destroying the body along with the mind at the exact same time. And it's purposefully roping in every young generation that it possibly can. This is Population Control 101. End of story. And if an individual cannot grasp this again, then this podcast is not for you. But even as Again, Dr. McDonald said in the last episode that I brought up when he was talking with Dr. Mercola, the, you know, the group that we have got to target, we've got to do whatever we can, of course, to save as many kids as humanly possible, but the group that we have to target are the individuals that are curious about what's really going on, the skeptical ones. Those are the individuals that I would love for you to share this podcast with if you can. Again, if it scares them, so be it. I can't. I, I'm. I'm not in control of 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 you know the word scare or or their emotional attachment to something or their emotional response to to hearing that these stories are real and that all of this does exist. That that's up to them. I can't control their emotional response, so to speak. But they do have to be able to understand. And certainly ask themselves this question, why are we not hearing this on television? Why are we not hearing this kind of uh, factual information about the adverse reactions and the deaths and so on, so on and so forth on the TV or on the radio? Well, you certainly are. I'll give you another example. Again, I mentioned this earlier uh, regarding Fox News. A very interesting, again, psychological dynamic here that is taking place that I don't think is, again, being brought up frequently enough. Deep breath. Okay, I need to relax. Here we go. It has to do with, again, the individuals who have been jabbed, who may or may not have been promoting the jab, but are sitting on the political right of countless issues. And I'm going to bring his name up, and he has a radio show on uh, 105.9 FM WMAL, which is Washington's Mall, and it's Chris Plant. I used to listen to a lot of Chris Plant. I still tune in from time to time. I think he's a funny guy. Um, he is wildly inaccurate on endless issues. And he is a self-admitted jabber. He's, he's taken two rounds of the jab, openly admitted that he got sick from the first round. Uh, his wife, double jabbed also, openly admitted that she got sick from the jabs, but doesn't think that the jabs are a problem. More now, more so than ever, he's taking calls from people who are saying that all of this is medical tyranny, all of this is coercion, all of this is unprecedented, it should never happen, citizens are fighting against their governments and employers and XYZ, and I mean, they're bombarding these phone calls here, and he can't avoid it. So... The interesting phenomenon for, for me here is we're watching individuals who, again, were pro-jab for the most part or pro-choice on the jab, 
The jab has been proven to be deadly. They've taken it. And now they're basically, again, eating their own humble pie here on the business of, well, I've got a radio show. I'm in the media, even though they will say that they're not in the media or that they are not a part of the mainstream media, when in fact they are trying to fool people with that somehow. I don't know how they think that they're getting away with that. Um, their own cognitive dissonance, I suppose, but they're being bombarded now with phone calls from people who are bringing up these subjects. And one of the consistent throwaway lines that I'm hearing him say, and other radio hosts and other TV hosts and whatever, and I don't watch television, so I'm not, I'm, I'm solely getting some of these clips from the computer, but I do listen to the radio from time to time just to hear what they bring up. The throwaway line that they're consistently bringing up is, well, that caller certainly brought up a lot to digest. And, well, I just agree with a lot of it. And, you know, they've just brought up a lot to digest. Yes, they certainly have brought up a lot to digest. And it's, it, I mean, it can't be digested among a lot of these hosts. Be because, again, it requires them to eat their own words. It requires them to self-reflect in a way that has got to be remarkably uncomfortable for them. It just has to be. But one of the, I even saw this earlier, which is very interesting. One of the leading words or leading phrases, I think it's the number one leading phrase in Denmark, if I'm not mistaken, or the Netherlands or somewhere in Europe, um, is, the, is the saying vaccine regret. I mean, that right there should prove to people that more and more people, even though they are jabbed, are in fact waking up. And I can't, I mean, it, it would be like, it would be like being in the zoo and you're in the tank or you're in the cage and you've played the game and you've done what you thought you were supposed to do and you, you complied because you thought it was for your health when in fact it was just so you could maintain your paycheck because your boss was encouraging everybody and then ultimately forcing everybody to take the jab. And now you've got knowledgeable citizens of all ages, of all races, knocking on that window. They're walking up and they're, they're, they're rattling that cage and they're knocking on that cage and they're going, hey, remember us? We're still unjabbed. But here you are again once promoting it, and now you're not, and now the callers of your program are starting to reveal to you that you've made a colossal error in judgment that might lead to your death. It blows me away. But it's unavoidable for these hosts, and it's unavoidable for, again, whether they be on radio or TV, it's just unavoidable. The conflict, the interpersonal conflict, either between them and, and their guests or, which I've, I've heard that too, and that really is disappointing, but the conflict within their own mind is really, I think, one of the more interesting takeaways from all of this. Because not only is it hitting adults who have these radio shows, it's hitting school-age children, as I said in a previous episode. And there's a post here that I want to read that, again, was just from today, an anonymous post, but it it, it, it it, perfect, it perfectly exemplifies what I'm talking about when it comes to school-aged children and the conflict between school-aged children regarding those who are jabbed and those who are not, those who wear the masks, and those who do not. It's a very quick post, and it's, here's, here's what it says. It says, eight-year-old came home from school today and told me his two best friends said he can never have 
playdates with them again because he's not vaxxed. Their mom told them that. And then it says, he's heartbroken. I told him to find new friends. These people suck. Unquote. I completely agree. These people do suck. And um, this right here again highlights one of the more less discussed or undiscussed issues. Brainwashing has purposefully hit, and it was all intentional, just one giant intentional, purposefully hitting youth. Because if you can get them while they're young, they, the likelihood of them remaining this way and brainwashed to this extent throughout their entire life is remarkably high. Because again, the odds of those two children, for example, growing up who have now been jabbed and probably still wear the mask and, and whatever, but them growing up, well, yeah, that's that's its own <laughs> that's its own issue. Them 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 reaching uh, a healthy adult age after being jabbed is not likely. But if they were to do so, what are the odds of them actually reflecting backwards? on their previous decisions and saying, you know what, we stopped hanging out with Timmy because Timmy didn't have the vaccine and we did. I mean, what are the odds and, and them, of course, arriving at the conclusion that that's an asinine decision because that, that uh, it defies all logic whatsoever? The fact is, is that Timmy, who is unjabbed, should probably be staying away from his jabbed friends because it's the jabbed friends that are going to make the unjabbed ill. So. You know, when you examine the different layers of this entire thing, it's just too deep. It's so many dimensions and so many levels, it's just beyond too deep. And, of course, if you fast forward, you're now talking about not just grade school children, of course, which this entire podcast is pretty much dedicated to, covering the different ages and what's going on with the different age groups and XYZ in the education field. But now, of course, there are endless examples of the college brainwashing and the college propaganda taking place. And I've read in the past directly from a lot of these university websites and what they're doing and what they're perpetuating and what they're pushing on their own attendees. And of course, I've had guests on who have discussed the exact same things uh, in horrific fashion. There's one here that I think is interesting, and I tossed this out on Gab, but I want to read through the front of this particular website. This is the University of California, San Diego. And they have an entire website dedicated to COVID stuff. It's all COVID stuff. Whereas other university websites, again, they'll have it buried somewhere within their own main site. They've taken it to the next level where they have an entire website dedicated to just this. And again, they're laying the propaganda on very thick. So I want to read through this basically from top to bottom just to give people a taste as to what they're having to deal with here. And they seem to be 100% fine with it, which is beyond me. But again, it's, it's brainwashing and it should show everybody how effective it is. The very first picture here says, uh, remote, remote start to winter. It says, UC San Diego is exercising caution and moving winter quarter instruction to a remote-only mode from January 3rd to January 17. All campus members must test when returning to campus. So that's the first little slide here. And again, the, the website is uh, returntolearn.ucsd.edu. 
The next slide says, California mask mandate. Keep masking, Tritons. Learn about the month-long statewide indoor mask mandate now in effect. And it has a picture of four students walking around with masks on. The next slide says, boosting out for basic needs. If 10,000 students receive their COVID-19 booster by the end of the year, Chancellor Kosla, if I'm saying that right, will provide a $50,000 will provide $50,000 to the basic needs hub to support food security, housing resources and more. I don't even know what any of that is. But it's more coercion, it's more bribery and it doesn't sound like the student gets anything in return. The next slide and it's, I don't know, it's a picture of a robot or something. It, it's apropos, frankly. Uh, the next slide says COVID-19 boosters. Appointments for COVID-19 vaccine boosters are now available for all students as well as campus and health employees. And then the final slide is a picture of cheerleaders wearing masks during a game of some kind. It says event planning. Learn more about guidelines for hosting indoor and outdoor events on campus and safety requirements for guests. And then it says, see event planning guidelines. I almost want to read through those, except I don't want to have a nosebleed. So below that then, on the main page, it says winter quarter updates. And it's got all different kinds of dates and rescheduling. And make sure and get your tests. And don't forget to test. And then don't forget to tell us how you've tested and blah, blah, blah. It says return to campus then. Below that, it says returning to campus and don't know where to start. Are you, are you incapable of any individualized thought whatsoever? Ask government. We'll tell you. It says visit the on-campus on checklist to review the steps needed prior to arriving for work or study. Return to campus plans are informed by extensive modeling by data experts who combine multiple layers of protection to promote campus safety. Before coming to campus, please review masking, screening, testing, vaccination, and training requirements, and find resources to address any additional questions you may have. I'm shocked that any human being would participate in anything like this whatsoever. It blows me away. I would want to walk up to them and just you know, grab them on the sides of the arms and just look at them right in the face and say, does none of this seem odd to you? Does all of this seem 100% normal? Are you actually believing any of this? And then they would look at me and say, you're not wearing a mask. You need to leave. And that would be the end of it. Um, the next section below that says, again, we're still on the main page here. It says, symptom and exposure screening. Campus employees, all campus employees, including faculty and researchers working on site, must complete a daily self-screening for COVID-19 and report any symptoms or confirmed exposure. And it says for students, all undergraduate and graduate students coming to campus, including residential, must conduct a daily self-screening for COVID-19 and report any symptoms or confirmed exposure. And then, of course, a vaccination section below that. And trust me, this, uh, this gets worse. I'm going to keep reading this. It says all students and employees are required to be vaccinated and boosted against COVID-19 or have an approved exemption per University of California policy. All students and employees, including health, are eligible to receive a free vaccine through UC San Diego's vaccination clinic at Price Center offered by appointment. 
Vaccination helps protect you and those around you from becoming seriously ill. Help us keep our campus community safe. They still keep saying the same line, vaccination is the best way to protect. I can't believe anybody still believes that. Can't believe anybody, you know, ever believed it, but can believe it now. The next one is hilarious. I put this one out on Gab because the picture was just too funny. And I've described this picture before because once I saw it, I, I totally recognized it because it's been used in other elements but and on other websites. But it's a picture of two slices of Swiss cheese. One of them has big holes in it, and the second piece of Swiss cheese has smaller holes in it. And then virus particles, these made-up drawing virus particles, uh, floating through the first piece of cheese, but not making their way through the second piece of cheese. As on the other side of the second piece of Swiss cheese, there is a, uh, a stick figure person wearing a mask. And it says campus safety. Dun, dun, dun. Public health is a collective effort. The UC San Diego community is, expecting, is expected to follow campus safety requirements to help prevent infection. These include masking indoors. Daily symptoms and exposure screening, testing, and vaccination. No one method is invulnerable. But by applying multiple layers of defense consistently, you can help reduce your risk of contracting or spreading COVID-19. Uh, it's just horrible. Here's the last one I'm going to read, and this is an abomination. This is my first time seeing this. It says, and it has a picture right next to it, can't make it up. Uh, It says COVID-19 testing options. During the winter quarter of 2022, individuals who are not vaccinated and individuals who are vaccinated but have not received a vaccine booster will be required to test for SARS-CoV-2 two times per week, three to five days apart. Those fully vaccinated and boosted are encouraged to to test voluntarily on a weekly basis. Access to campus COVID-19 testing is available via vending machine kits, as well as by appointment at the community drive through location and the Price Center Vaccination Clinic. And they have a picture of a female student wearing a mask, walking up to a vending machine, and either purchasing or swiping a card or doing something. Uh, allegedly, these are free, but I highly doubt that they would be, although they could be, because they're all fraudulent. So, hey, why not charge them for it? They're dumb enough to do it. Um, might, as well, might as well make a buck or two. Uh, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's one of those food vending machines, and all they have inside of them are, are faulty COVID tests, and people are taking them. They're actually taking them. So again, it says during the winter quarter of 2022, it's like the memo didn't go out to these universities and these schools and these states that all of these tests have never worked, don't work, and still don't work, and have been recalled by the FDA. It's, um, it blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. It doesn't matter what you show these people in regards to facts. They will ignore it and do the exact opposite. And, of course, they contact Trace, and they claim to have town halls where you can discuss the facts, and there's questions and answers, and blah, 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 blah. We're all in this together. Taking on the COVID-19 pandemic together. It can't, it, it, it can't be fixed. I, this is going to get worse, because now we're way past the existence of facts. 
we are in a new realm. And that new realm is the facts exist, the facts are out there. It's easy to prove all of this is is false and wrong. And yet people will still do it. They will still do it. They will still fall for it. This is not education, ladies and gentlemen. This is a psychological operation to brainwash endless generations. And it's working, unfortunately. Fortunately, however, it isn't working for a great deal of people, which is great. But it is also working for countless, which is remarkably sad. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.